One, two, three. Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 29 of the Beers and Bible podcast. We are not going to deviate from any of our standard stuff, I am one of your hosts, Rick, and I am your other host, Patrick, and we're happy to be back with you this week. This is the third episode we've recorded in one week. Yeah. <laughs> so, I hate to say, how's your week been, because I already know how your week's been. Yeah. I've talked to you like three times this week. <laughs> it's, it's fine. We're, uh, <laughs> our listeners, you know, they're, they're getting released, our episodes are getting released one week apart, but... You know, just a little insight into the process. Behind this right. Hey, that's right. This lets you know how dedicated we are that we recorded three episodes in, in one week. In five days. It's true. It's true. Five days. Really, Less than a week. Really, it's kind of our own fault, though, because we got behind. Yeah, we felt so. We, we had to do it. But, anywho, so we have uh, the same beer tonight. Yeah. We have managed to, to do some planning. See what happens what? when you plan stuff out? When you plan stuff? Last week we got a very, very... And it, what's funny is I think we had almost the same beer, but it was from two different breweries. So it was kind yeah. of fun to do like the same style beer, mm-hmm. like almost to the T from two different breweries and, and see how it compared. Uh, but this week we have the Maduro Brown Ale from Cigar City Brewing. Yeah, and this is the first one that I, Patrick, have um, had from Cigar City, but you had... I did the Florida Cracker. It was Florida one of those cracker. weeks. Yeah, it was one of those weeks that we, we were doing two different beers. Mm-hmm. I did the Florida Cracker. Yeah. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, what did uh, you give it? Three and a half? I gave it four or four? I think I gave it four. So it was pretty good. I did I did not mind that I still had five left to drink after that episode was done. That's really the the tell, <laughs> the telling point of, of whether or not these things are any good. It's um, true. So, funny story, because we have recorded so much this week, um, I have purchased a lot of beer. Same. And now I have a lot of beer in my fridge. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, needless to say, they I'm say to go. Say where your money goes, that's where your heart's going. Well, if you open my fridge right now, you think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, so, so the Maduro Brown Ale from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa, Florida. Tampa Bay for Tampa. Tampa represent six or one. It's all the same. Um, ABV of five point five percent and uh, twenty five IBUs. Did we ever find out what SRMs or OGs were? I don't think so. It says twenty on the can. It says That's twenty. Fun. It says twenty five on the website. Oh, they changed it. 
Of course, we are a little concerned as to how recently their website's been updated. <laughs> or was that something else? That might have been something No, that else. was something else that we okay. were looking at. You're right. That, that, my bad. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it says it's a... Uh, this is a brown ale. Yeah, it's a brown ale brewed with flaked oats, uh, full on body, and silky on the palate. Maduro brown ale's chocolate and espresso notes are rounded out by toffee-like qualities and a light woody hop presence. Enjoy Maduro brown ale with chicharrones, ropa vieja, or a fine rolled, fine Don't hand rolled cigar. <laughs> hey now, I'm just reading the thing. <laughs> I will, I will absolutely enjoy this with a fine rolled cigar. So um, I'm gonna need somebody to send me a fine rolled cigar, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting that it mentioned Woody because where I bought, um, where I bought this tonight, I went to a new a new package store I had never been to. But yeah. after you sent me what you had, I got on the internet and uh, found where to find it, and they had four purchase. Now you had to pay in cash, but they had four purchase, um, giant wooden barrels. Oh, dude, that would be awesome. For like $125, I think. They they weren't terribly expensive. I mean, I'm not not going to... for the big ones. Yeah, I'm not going to... My wife is shaking her head no, so... (laughs) That's getting over... That's getting shot down right now. (laughs) So, it's going to be hard pass from the missus on that. So, but... But I'm excited about this. I like a good uh, brown ale. Me too. And I'm, Me too. I'm I'm in need of a of a beer, so I think we need to crack these things open and go to town. <laughs> Get going. <laughs> Let's do it. So. Let's do it. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh I fell behind on that one. I had some spillage. Oh, I think I had to do because of the angle. So one of my one of my so if I have a go to like stock beer like popular major manufacturer beer my go-to is probably yingling i think i've said that a couple of times yeah i think we cover that this this actually smells a little bit like yingling with chocolate in it you mean like the hershey's thing that we couldn't find yes i just kind of like like just the, just the first kind of initial spell mm-hmm. i smell yingling with chocolate I'm 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 tracking with you on that. I do like a good brown ale though, so I'm I'm pretty pumped about this. Okay, so interesting just dichotomy on how we ended up pouring. I don't know if you can tell, but I've got head down to like the middle of my glass. Oh yeah, you do. And I've got you've got like none at all. <laughs> like you might as well have poured like I don't know. I don't even know what. <laughs> I always do the angle pour. Uh, I, I don't six or one, like I yeah. I do either. Sometimes I do angles, sometimes I do straight up and down. I used to work for a restaurant, and I would occasionally have to to pour beer from pull beer from a tap, and they always taught me to to basically hit the angle. Yeah. Uh, so it would run down, and then uh, it was, and then when you turn it up, you do you you turn it up and drop it just a little bit so that it hits and it gives you that foam head right on the top so you end up mm-hmm. with like an inch of head and I just, I don't do that I didn't do that this time sometimes I will but I did not do that today plus I don't think my cup is as cold as yours cold cups always produce more yeah my cup's more sitting in the freezer for a while I got mine out of the freezer but 
it defrosted really quick. So, well, let's turn this thing up and see how good it is. This is the Maduro Brown Ale from Cigar City Brewing. And uh, bottoms up. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, this reminds me of a beer that we've had. I'm gonna see if you if you're thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. That both of us have had. That, like yes, two of us had. We, it's a beer that we've done on the podcast before. This reminds me of a beer that we've done on the podcast. When you say it, I'm gonna feel dumb for not know, not being able to remember it. <laughs> oh, it's so familiar, but I I can't put my name put a this name to it. This reminds me of the Southern Pecan. You know what? When I when you I was like, there's no way he's thinking Southern Pecan. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the Southern Pecan. I don't know if it's the. I don't know if it's the the chocolate and the whatever toffee toffee stuff that they have like mm-hmm. mixed together chocolate toffee and hints of fresh coffee like I don't I don't know if all that is mixing together to give it like a pecan ish type taste mm-hmm. but that's that's almost what it tastes like it almost tastes like a pecan ish I like it yeah it's it's not bad I'm really getting the strong hints of the like the stronger notes on coffee yes. And the chocolate and toffee is there. It's, mm-hmm. it's The chocolate is definitely there in the smell. Yeah. Which I think, you know, smell is as much a part of um, the drinking experience as taste is. Yeah. And I will say this, like, it it tasted like what I thought it was going to taste like off of the smell. Yeah. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty spot on to what I was expecting. So this is this is really good though. I mean, I could definitely see this with a with a fine cigar mm-hmm. or with a pipe. Uh, you put something good in your pipe. I mean, this is definitely a a cigar mm-hmm. style beer. Yeah. I don't know that I would do this with dinner. I almost feel like this is like a dessert beer. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling you on that. The one that we did um, from Duke Law a few weeks ago. Yeah, the Dirty Little Freak. Um, mm-hmm. That was very much. This is going to be the same realm as yeah. as that one as far as that goes um but yeah it's a, it's a it's a sweet beer it's pretty smooth it's not it's not bitter at all Mm-mm. i like those good low ibu ratings yeah i was about to say this is right in your wheelhouse um the flavors are really nice um i, I really like i like that it's not overbearing on any one of the flavors sometimes when you get all of these because well, see, you've got chocolate, toffee, and coffee all in one, yeah. and those are all pretty bold flavors to put to put in a beer. So I, you know, I was a little kind of like, uh, yeah. maybe it's going to be a little too strong, but it's it's really not. Yeah, it's really good. I'm, I mean, I'm probably drinking it faster than I should, honestly. <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess I'll go first. Um, you go first. Tell me what you think. So I see where you get. I see where you're saying that it's. It reminds you of Southern Pecan. I'm going to say that it's a little bit better than Southern Pecan. I think we both gave Southern Pecan four Luthers. Four, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give this one four and a half Luthers. Four and a half. Um, it's a good beer. Um, again, if one of our measuring sticks is we've got more to drink, so we're not upset, or we are upset that we have more to drink. <laughs> um, I, I'm. 
I'm looking forward to drinking the rest of these, honestly. Um, yeah. And it's a it's a good beer. It's solid. Um, not quite five material for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have that like one thing that puts it over the top, but it's really good. Um, and the, like the first Cigar City Brewing beer that I've had. Excuse me. So I'm gonna give it four and a half Luthers. Four and a half. Well. I'm going to completely concur with you. I'm going to come in at four and a half. It, this does remind me of Southern Pecan, but I'm with you. I think this is a little bit better than Southern mm-hmm. Pecan. Yeah. This, like, I almost want to do like four and a quarter because I feel like this is not quite up to a dragon's milk, which I gave four and a half. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, I mean, it's like, it's right there with it. So, so I'm going to come in at four and a half as well. Um, just because the flavor is good. It's not overbearing. Um, it's smooth. It's easy to drink. Um, I could totally, yeah, I could totally see this being a pipe cigar pairing beer. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Yep. So I'm coming in at four and a half Luthers out of five, Mm -hmm. uh, as well. So, uh, Hey, Cigar City, good job. Yeah, this is a this is a really good beer, and I'm really glad that I have five more of these to drink over the weekend. Yeah, they're they're killing it over there. <laughs> what did you give um the one you had the one you had from them the Florida Cracker? Yeah. I think I gave it four. Okay, I think I gave it four because it was it reminded me of the the classic city lager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave that one four, and it was I mean it was like right in the same vein. So I I think I gave both of those four. But I, I mean, I would drink, I would drink that one again, and I would drink this one again, mm-hmm. and it's just good, it's just good stuff. It's a good, it's good beer. Mm-hmm. Dude, their um, Instagram is pretty legit. They've got a blue check mark. Nice. They're verified. They're verified. Hey, that- hey, Cigar City Brewing, verified. Like our post or something. It's <laughs> when we have to post stuff first. It's true. This yeah. is true. Anyway, so but yeah, so, that's a that's a pleasant surprise. I was not expecting yeah, to was. like that that much. Um, I I saw it and I was okay. like, ooh, I, I want this to be good, but I'm I'm a little apprehensive. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really glad I'm really glad I I picked it out now because it was a it was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very it good. Was a good one. So there we go. Hold there's on. our there's our take on Maduro from Cigar City Brewing. And now we are going to start, drum roll please, dun dun dun, dun. part three of J.I. Packer's Concise Theology. Buckle up. Buttercup. We are back. Uh, Tonight we are beginning part three of... J.I. Packer's Concise Theology. Um, so it's kind of misle- it's misleading. It seems like we're only halfway done. Because there's four parts, but actually we're a little further than that. <clears throat> and part four is really short. We might be able to do yes, that. It is. By the time we Two get weeks. there, by the time we get there, we might be like, you know what? We're just going to do it all in one week. Here we go. <laughs> there's going to be one, like, two-hour episode where we just tackle it all. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough beer for that, so... Anyway, so tonight we're going to talk about um, Paraclete, 
which is a term I had not really heard much of until... Para what? Paraclete, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then um, also we're going to uh, begin a discussion on salvation that's going to run into pro- the next several um, sections of the book, whether that's one week or a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So Salvation's a pretty big topic. So yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of important. It's, in, it's important, yeah. Um, we, we might want to, we might want to sit on that for a while, but, yeah. um, we're going to talk, we're going to begin with our discussion on paraclete, and uh, Packer defines this as the Holy Spirit ministers to believers. Yeah. So the paraclete is basically the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the two terms are interchangeable here. Yes. Um, which, and, and the, qu- the way I heard this, yes, question, where, where did paraclete even come from? It came from the Greek. Okay, cool. The Greek word, I think it's per... You know what? I do remember reading that. It's in the he book. mentioned it in here. I can't... <laughs> um, oh, Lord. And you would think I would know this, having studied Greek. Um, I can't remember how to say this. Paracl- Paracletos? Paracletus. Paracletus is, is one of the, the original, like the original form, I think is per, Paracletos. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm making it up right now. But anyway... The way I heard this described to me one time, and it, and it made this make perfect sense when he said it. So, mm-hmm. if you think about a uh, paralegal, a paralegal is somebody who helps a lawyer. A paramedic is somebody who helps you with medicine. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, the paraclete is, so if you, a cleat is, is something that holds fast. Mm-hmm. It's something that, that binds you, binds things together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're into woodworking, you've heard yep. of French cleats. Yeah, that's what I was, um, I was about to mention that. Yeah, say it's, and it's, it's a, you're going to have to tell me because I'm not a woodworker, but it's the way you cut the wood that basically binds it together. Yeah, it's a, like a, it's a two-sided thing where, um, you can see me what I'm doing with my hands, so the viewers mm-hmm. can't, but, um, <laughs> so on, you know, if you're attaching something like to a wall, you would put, um, a cleat going uh, like uh, how do like I describe this? Angle 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 away and up from the wall, and yes. then on the thing you're hanging on the wall, you would have it angled away and down, down. so that the two cleats um come, come together and it, yeah. and it holds itself, or the cleat holds it to the wall without the object being attached to the wall. Yes, yes. So, um, it's very similar concept here, and and this will really come into into our discussion into salvation, talking about the Holy Spirit when we when we talk about the Holy Spirit and its work in our lives as mm-hmm. Christians. It is what holds us fast to Christ. Mm-hmm. So it right. is it is kind of like the binding agent mm-hmm. that holds us to Christ is is the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It was really interesting when you were saying like about paralegal and paramedic like i never thought of that you know like a paramedic is someone that assists you at the scene of an accident or yes. in on the in between between where you know if you're going to the hospital the paramedic yes. is the one who's you know ch- making sure you're okay addressing mm-hmm. any issues until you get to the hospital where yes. the doctors and the specialists and all that will be able to I had never, I had not thought of that. 
And I cannot take credit for that analogy. Somebody told it to me, and I've just remembered it ever since. Well, you, you're, I'm going to give you credit for that <laughs> here. So, but, but it, I mean, was. <laughs> that is that is what the Holy Spirit does. So it ministers to us as Christians, mm-hmm. um, and it holds us fast to to God, to Christ, um, who is the source of our salvation, which we're going to dive into here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But parakletos there it is right there <laughs> now I, now that i'm not looking for the word i see it yeah um one who gives support so so packer defines this as the the paraclete as a helper advisor strengthener encourager ally and advocate mm-hmm. um and so that you know you think about what the holy spirit does and 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 think about times in your life when you're you're like i don't understand what's going on i don't this doesn't make sense, but I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know? And then when you do that and everything, Oh, excuse me. Everything is done and go and you, and you kind of like look back on it. You can see how all of the stuff that the, the, that you did, all of the, the trials or whatever it was that you went through were Something that, that could have only been orchestrated by God. Something mm-hmm. that could have, you know, and that's what that's what the ministering work of the Holy Spirit does is it's it kind of leads you and guides you um, on this path, mm-hmm. and it and it, it ensures that that you will bring to fruition the will of God. Yeah. So so for Christians, for yeah. Christians at least. So yeah. that's um yeah, it's a good point. Um, something that Packer touched on, which. It's one of those things that we've probably read a hundred times in scripture and never really sat and, and thought about what Jesus was saying here. Uh, Jesus promises his disciples that um, he and his father would be sending another counselor. Mm-hmm. And that implies that, you know, another counselor, another paraclete, that implies then that Jesus is the first and the original paraclete mm-hmm. for his disciples and that he is promising them that he's going to be sending a replacement. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just a cool, like, wording in scripture that we probably gloss over Yeah, 99 out of 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, if you take the verses that, that Packer uses, which is, it comes out of John 16, mm-hmm. um, verses 3 and 4, it says, when he... Talking about the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me. Jesus is talking, speaking this. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. That's verses 13 and 14. If you back up just a little bit, you... you get where Jesus is, is, or where he's introduced this paraclete in John 16, verses 6 and 7, where he says, But I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I will tell you that I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if mm-hmm. I go, I will send him to you. So this is, this is coming up to the, the crucifixion, Mm-hmm. Of Jesus, the resurrection, and then and eventually the ascension of Jesus, and and he's saying, you know, it's in your best interest for me to go. It's in your best interest for me to leave because mm-hmm. if I don't leave, you're you're stuck with me. 
Uh, but if I do leave, then there's a helper who's going to come alongside you and is going to help you through all of this. Yeah. Now, you know, re- don't read too far into that. Jesus is not saying that he wishes he could stay on earth. He's he's saying, you know, I'm, I have to go. I'm going to go because it is the will of God that I go and I'm seated at the right hand and I'm ascended to the Father because that's the rightful place that I'll be uh, after the ascension. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, the, that's the honor due to Jesus at that point. Mm-hmm. And so he's not hanging, you know, he's not saying I'm going to hang out with you guys, but he is saying I'm going to spend some time with you, and then after some time uh, I'm going to go, which, which for us is a, is a great life lesson. You don't have to be around people constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and and somebody who is somebody who is an effective leader, somebody who is an effective discipler of people, disciples people to really become extensions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, so if you're discipling someone, whatever it is, you're discipling that person to almost think like you do and act like you. That's why Paul told people, mm-hmm. imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah, you know, Paul did the same thing, and and. What Jesus is doing is he had spent the last three years with his disciples, and he's saying, I have trained you how to think like me. I have trained you how to think like the kingdom of God. Think not with with uh, with mortal or not with uh, finite minds, but try to think eternally. Try to think with an eternal mindset. Mm-hmm. And then when I do leave, you're going to think like me, but I'm also going to send somebody to help you. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah, the, the whole idea of you know if you're in a if you're in a role as a discipler you've got people in a group that you're leading or if you're leading a ministry or if you're a a, if you're a boss and you have people working under you your goal should be to replicate yourself so that either your disciplers can lead other groups or that the your employees under you you know you should be training your replacement is essentially what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You should be training your replacement so that you can move on and, and focus your attention yeah. and energy on something else. And then they can train their, their replacement. It's, yeah. it's, it should be, you know, this whole thing should be a, a cycle. It should be cyclical. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Good leadership too, never too. holds power. Good leadership mm-hmm. always distributes power. Yeah. And too often you get people who get into a position that just, don't want to give it up or don't mm-hmm. know how to train other people to to be to do what they do yeah and that's when ministries or churches or businesses or what have you get stagnant yeah well they get either they get stagnant or they turn into toxic environments yeah you know you, you end up with one person who thinks that they have to control and manipulate situations uh to their advantage mm-hmm in order to retain the power because they're not interested in investing that, that knowledge and that power into other people. Yeah. They think they have to retain it to, to keep their relevance. And, and in the process, they end up creating toxic work environments or toxic church environments or toxic leadership environments, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever environment it is you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times that can flesh itself out with, you know, I think of just in the past year or so, the downfall of guys like James McDonald, um, Bill Hybels, 
um, Mark Driscoll. He was several years ago, but Mark Driscoll from Mars Hill Church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these guys and, and, you know, a lot of these guys, I, I don't know all of the, the ins and outs behind like Bill Hybels, but I know guys like, uh, James McDonald and Mark Driscoll. Those two guys were, it was not a, it was not sexual impropriety that, that brought them down. It was their leadership that brought them down. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were running a, uh, uh, you know, you do it my way or the highway style leadership and it, mm-hmm. and it burned a lot of people and they hurt a lot of people and sinned against a lot of people in the process. Yeah. So, and, uh, and that, that comes from this, you know, this idea that, that you're the only one who can do that. You're not relying on mm-hmm. a paraclete. You're not relying on a helper yeah. to get you through this process and, and to remind you constantly to think like Jesus thought, you know, mm-hmm. as cliche as it, as it is, those bracelets that were popular in the 90s, what would Jesus do, mm-hmm. or are, are actually really good bracelets to, to think about, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what that's what scripture teaches. It teaches us to think like Jesus did, have yeah. that kingdom mindset, have that mentality that says, I'm going to try to do what scripture teaches me to do, which is, you know, the story of, of Jesus and, and his death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, yeah, two things, two things that I really like that Packer brought out in this is the, is, is he kept calling it the paraclete ministry and he, and he, or at least I picked up on two different things that the paraclete ministry is. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first thing, and I think we've, we've already hit on this a little bit. The paraclete ministry is by its very nature, a personal relational ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's, that goes all the way to that discipleship. Uh, yeah. mentality and that leadership yeah. style mentality. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that he says is um, witnessing to Jesus Christ glor- and glorifying him by showing his disciples who and what he is. Um, and so let's just, let's unpack that for just a, just a minute because that's, that to me is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, especially when you look at that John 16 passage uh, that Packer highlights on that, um, where he's explaining what the the Holy Spirit or the Paraclete is going to do, mm-hmm. he's saying that when I go away, this Paraclete is going to come. He's going to convict you. He's going to rebuke you. Mm-hmm. He's going to correct you. But he's also going to encourage you. And he's going to, uh, you know, be peace when you need peace in your life. And he's going yeah. to he's going to be the ministry, this this ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, and we don't oftentimes we don't think about the the role of the Holy spirit as a ministry. Mm-hmm. But, but in reality it is like, it's, it's, I mean, the, the Holy spirit is basically like a pastor to all Christians. Yeah. At all times <laughs> and for all situations and circumstances, I think it's important, like just to back up a little bit, you know, when we say that the paraclete ministry is personal and relational, um, that kind of, and Packer touches on this, it kind of implies that the the person who, or the one who fulfills that ministry has to have, like, full personhood. Mm-hmm. Has, has to be, you know, someone who can uh, speak and teach and witness and search and determine and intercede. And, and only, only a personal being is capable of all that. We you talked about how Old Testament it didn't really specify whether you know there's there's obviously a spirit active in creation and mm-hmm. uh, the revelation 
and that kind of thing. But it's not until we get into the New Testament where it's made very clear that the Spirit is a distinct person of of the Trinity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's... Yes. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it, it is, and, and um, I think it was... Was it Francis Chan that wrote the book Forgotten God? I think so. There's a book called Forgotten God, and 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 this is it, I think it kind of ties in what I was saying to what you were saying is the the Holy Spirit is 100% God. He is the third mm-hmm. person of the Trinity. Yet he's also this personal you know ministering agent spirit mm-hmm. of God. Whose role in the Trinity is to be be the the Paraclete, be the the binding mm-hmm. force, the helper, yeah. um, and so that ends up that ends up being his ministry. You know, God the Father's ministry or role is to to choose, and and He ordains all of all of what will happen, and then Jesus the Son, His ministry is to come and and be incarnate and to die for the sins of man, mm-hmm. to take our place. To, to restore right fellowship, which is what we just got through talking about for the last several weeks, you know, mm-hmm. the person and work of Jesus. And then and then to to follow all of that up, there is the work of the Holy Spirit. And and you're right, in the Old Testament there's really not this overwhelming sense of of uh the Holy Spirit leading and guiding what like there is in the New Testament. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's pretty obvious in the New Testament. Yeah. But but even still in the New Testament, you have that that leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, but more times than not, it's done through people. It's done through relational uh, beings, which is why I'm such a proponent of relational evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, it, I think street preachers have their purpose. I think that um, you know, knocking on doors and, and sharing Jesus is a great thing. I'm I'm not at all negating any of that, but I still hold that the the best way to evangelize somebody is to eat a meal with them, to talk to them, mm-hmm. to to um, you know if if they're if they want to sit down and drink a beer and talk theology with you, then you sit down and you drink a beer and you talk theology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying you have to drink a beer, but you know if you want to, do it. Yeah, because because you know the, there's nothing in scripture that says don't. Yeah. So, but but sit down and relate to that person. Be relational with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can I can think back to to one of the first jobs that I had when a guy uh, we worked together for I don't know a year almost, and and you know we didn't have conversations every single day. He would occasionally ask me. He knew that I worked for churches. Um, he knew that I was a Christian. He knew that I didn't. You know, at the time, um, I didn't go out partying all the time and, and get drunk all the time. And and so he did, and he would come in and tell me of his escapades, and I was like, okay, man, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, but through that process, it was just a, it was a thing where I got to know him. And, the, I mean, genuinely one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And when I left that job, I was, I was leaving to move, you know, he, he pulled me, he, you know, we're sitting out there hanging out one day and he was like, man, I got to tell you something. I was like, what's that? He said, he said, I really appreciate you being a Christian, but not just ramming it down my throat every day. Mm. 
and and uh, and he said he said I think that speaks higher of your character than it does than it does anything else because I know exactly what you believe I know exactly why you believe it I know you're convicted about it and I know all of these things I can tell you all of these things he said he said and I appreciate that you didn't try to force me mm-hmm. to to hold your beliefs and and tell me that I'm you know an, an awful person for not holding your beliefs and I said man you know I, I saw him, I said man. We're both awful people, mm-hmm. you know. In 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 the in the scope of of sin and brokenness, we're both awful people. I've just experienced a measure of grace, and I want you to experience that. I want you to to profess Christ. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be shy about that. But you know, I also know that I can't force you to profess mm-hmm. Christ because exactly. that's, that's not reality. And uh, and and to this day, he is now a. Uh, uh, Born again believer and and serving serving where he can you know he has a job and he but he helps out with churches and all this kind of stuff but yeah. it's, it's really cool to see that That's you awesome. know it's it's I didn't lead the guy to the Lord but I was a stepping stone and I see how God used just my being there mm-hmm. to to help you know yeah. so and that's that's the ministry like I I don't say any of that to to puff me up I say that was all the work of the Holy Spirit the Holy yeah. Spirit. Uh, used me being available to to work and to mold his heart from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Yeah, uh, and so uh, that's what you, that's what we say, or that's what I I think about when I think about the ministry of the Holy Spirit being relational. Yeah, and that's an excellent segue into um, the next section of the yes. uh, book. Uh, so we're going to talk about salvation. And how uh, Jesus rescues his people from sin, like you rescued uh, your coworker from yeah. from his sin. So, um, so the Bible is very clear that Jesus is—I mean, Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Yes. Um, Acts four twelve says that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And the Kind of the master theme of the gospel in is salvation. Um, yes. The gospel being the good news that Jesus Christ was uh, miraculously uh, conceived, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a death he didn't deserve, uh, was buried, raised three days later, and ascended into heaven to take his place at mm-hmm. the uh, right hand of God. So, um. But that the, the 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 whole purpose of that, the whole theme of the gospel is salvation, mm-hmm. and what that means for us as believers, what it means for the world as a whole. So, yes, salvation, and Packer Packer hits at two uh, two questions mm-hmm. from the very beginning, and I and I love these two questions. Um, the question, the, the the very first question is is salvation. What are we being saved from? Mm-hmm. What are we being saved from? And the second question is, how are believers saved from these things? Mm-hmm. So you, another way to say that say this is, what are we being saved from, and what are we being saved to? Um, we're being saved from our sin and our death, um, our position of wrath under God. Um, we, you know, Paul talks about us being slaves to sin and then becoming slaves to righteousness. So that's what we're that's what we're safe to. It's not about uh, 
this this idea of and 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 this is where our society has really kind of misconstrued what Christianity is. Mm-hmm. Um, they think you know, or they think a, a religion is supposed to be this freedom thing where it's you're in bondage to all this stuff, and and religion is what provides this freedom. You're you're free to do whatever it is you want to do. Um, that's not re- that's not very good religion, to no. to be quite honest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so we're saved from our sin, but we're saved from these things. We're saved by the person and work of Christ, and we're saved to be slaves to righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's what Paul talks about is mm-hmm. is being slaves to righteousness, and that is that is what what our salvation ultimately points to. Is we we were slaves to sin, now we're slaves to righteousness, and and how have we gotten there? Well, we've gotten there through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's sorry, it's important <laughs> to. Uh, I just got I get so lost in when you're talking. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, or not lost in, when you're talking, but lost in what you're saying. Um, so it's important to remember that there's nothing that man can do to earn salvation. It's yes. it's by the work and the life of Jesus alone that we can that we can be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Packer talks about how in the Old Testament um, there are several instances where God intervened on behalf of man and saved them from whatever you know whether it was uh, saving Israel from Egypt or saving Jonah from the whale or the psalmist from death. Um, But, you know, the same God that did all those things is the same, um, is the same God who, who saves all who trust Christ from their sin, from the consequences of sin. Um, Yeah. But he also points out that the deliverances, um, the earthly deliverances, um, were wholly God's work, and that there's nothing that any of the there's nothing the people of Israel did to merit God stepping in and saving them from Egypt. There's nothing Jonah did to merit God stepping in and saving them from the belly of the whale. Yes. Um, and, and and that same that same truth applies to our eternal salvation. There is literally nothing we can do except trusting Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins that can merit us our salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the, so one of the, the classic passages on this is going to be, is going to be from Romans eight. And realistically, I mean, you could read if, if you want a doctrinal explanation of salvation, just read the entire book of Romans. Who's that Uh, all? (laughs) Yeah. Just, just read the entire book of Romans. I mean, it's it's basically a thesis on salvation. Mm-hmm. Paul Paul goes through basically all of Romans is this almost type of apologetic argumentation where Paul is is um, he's arguing with himself, but he's arguing with himself for the point of making uh, of explaining this to to the people, the church in Rome that he's writing to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, you know, there's debate of is the is the person that he's arguing with act, an actual real person, or is it is it just rhetorical writing? Um, I, I would hold that maybe he is writing rhetorically, but he's writing rhetorically from questions that he's gotten from people. 
you know, gotcha. Because some of the questions that he asks, you know, well, if if it's by grace, then then you know we can do whatever we want to. And then Paul's like, by no means, you know, it's one of my one of my favorite favorite lines in the mm-hmm. in the book of Romans is by no means. Um, but when you come to the end of chapter eight, you get to I'm going to pick up here and I'm going to read from verse 26 um, because we've talked about the Paraclete. And, and so this kind of just ties paraclete and salvation together. Uh, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray uh, as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So, you know, right there, you've got the ministry of the Spirit coming in. The ministry of the Spirit is what's, what's that paraclete. It's what's joining you together uh, and interceding on your behalf between between you and, and God, the man Christ Jesus. So mm-hmm. verse 27, and he who searches his heart knows uh, what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then this is probably one of the most popular verses. And we know that for all those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people take that verse and they say, Oh, well, God means everything for your good. No, that's not what that says. It says that God, for those who love God, so we have a specific group of people here, mm-hmm. for those who love God, uh, the Spirit comes in and does work, and he helps those for the good. Now, the definition of good here does not mean your good. It doesn't mean that you're going to be rich. It doesn't mean you're going to be famous. It doesn't mean you're going to have yeah. Uh, it means you're going to be provided for, yes. God, mm-hmm. you know, the shepherd provides for his sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, but but ultimately, your good is the glory of God. Yeah. That's what good needs to be for the mm-hmm. definition, you know, for the Christian. Yeah. Um, so he, all things work together for good, for the glory of God, for those who are called according to the to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he called, he also predestined, or and those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. Mm-hmm. So you have in those verses what's called the golden chain of salvation, mm-hmm. um, and and this is what we're going to dive into over the next couple of weeks. Um, is is this idea of of election or predestination? Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, um, and then gl- sanctification, which is um, is all included in, in the process of justification and sanctification. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that sanctification process, you have the glorification, which is what Jesus represents when he uh, lives on earth, is uh, crucified, dies, was buried, was raised to life again, and then ascended into heaven. That that is that is the ultimate glorification. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately, that's the the good that we are. That everything is working together for. Yes, and, and, and it's this, you know when Paul says that everything. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, those, for those who love God, all things work together for good. He's not saying that everything is going to be peachy. That everything's going to be no. you know perfect, and everything's going to be great in your life. But yeah. Every circumstance that you go through is for your good. Yeah. If you think that the Christian life is supposed to be um, all sunshine and jelly beans, then you need to go read the book of First Peter. 
uh, because First Peter Peter comes out blatantly and says, "When you suffer, yeah. not if, not uh, maybe, it's when you suffer." Yeah. Well, you and, know, I mean, even James says, "Consider it joy, brothers, when whenever you experience trials of various kinds." Yeah. Not if, and not if you hear about other people or if you hear about trials that going on, seek them out. But when you yeah. experience them, consider it a joy. Um, because that, I mean, it's an opportunity for you to grow. It's an opportunity for you to trust in Jesus more. Um, and really it's going to be for your good that you're facing those things. It's not that God's setting up, you know, it's not that God's, you know, wanting people to suffer on purpose. I don't don't think God's intention is for his believers to suffer, Mm -hmm. but I do think that when we suffer, when we go through trials, it's always for our good. And yeah. even more importantly, like you said, it's also for the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how, I mean, that's how the justice of God is displayed. Mm-hmm. Um, the justice of God is displayed in what we would define as evil acts. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we don't understand it now because we don't have a full understanding of eternity. And we never will have a full understanding of eternity because we're not God. Right. Um, but, but it, and, and I love the old hymn, uh, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, because at the end of one of those verses, um, it says, it says, one little word shall fell him. And, and he's talking about, about Jesus vanquishing Satan. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you believe like I do, uh, what I would hold to in, in an amillennial position, that word has already been spoken. That word was spoken on the cross. When Jesus said to Telestai, mm-hmm. it is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, he has been vanquished. Now, does he still apparently, does he appear to have uh, power? Does he appear to have authority? Yes, he does. He appears that way. Mm-hmm. But in, in, the, in the overall scheme of, of world happenings, everything that is happening is God allowing Satan to do certain things for the purposes of his glory. And so, so he, you know, when you, when you hear about, you know, some, somebody getting killed or, or, or to, to make it super political when I think about abortion, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I, you know, I think every, every day I'm like, God, why don't you just eradicate abortion? You could do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's one of the most mind boggling things to think that people would actually argue that you have the right to kill a baby mm-hmm. like that's that to me is just mind-boggling um but i know that that is going to serve purpose to to bring about justice you know there's going to be people who are unrepentant abortion doctors mm-hmm. who will be sent to hell because of their involvement and their their complacent complacency mm-hmm in abortion yeah uh you know and and so all of that shows the justice of god now that's 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 very very hard to think about and i I want you to hear it like that's not easy for me to say Mm -hmm. you know because i don't want to think about the justice of god because when i think about the justice of god i think about the justice that i should have received right Mm -hmm. you know but i didn't because of christ yeah 
So, and that and that right there is the is the foundational point when it comes to salvation. The fact that, and I've said it before, the fact that even one person is saved is a testament to the glory of God. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, he didn't. God didn't have to save anybody. He could have kind of he could have wiped his hands and said, "All right, you get what you get." Exactly. And but because of his grace and his mercy and his love that we don't understand that we can never understand, mm-hmm. um, he made a way in the person of Jesus mm-hmm. um, for us to know him, for us to be in relationship and fellowship with him, exactly. and to ultimately spend eternity with him. Yep. Thank you for salvation. <laughs> yep. So there's a good discussion. Yeah. We're, there's a, there is the paraclete, there is salvation. We hope you enjoyed. And uh, the Maduro, still good. Mine's Mine long is gone. gone. Mine's long yeah. gone. Mine's gone. Uh, Cigar City Brewing, good job. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what else they've got. I'm, I might be doing some there, extra research. There was, uh, I think there was <clears throat> two other ones that they had, had at the store that I went to. There was two other ones other than the Florida Cracker, which I've already done. Yeah. So, but, uh, cool. But yeah. So chime in. If somebody wants to find us on, uh, on social media, where would they do that? So you can find us. We are on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can email us at uh, beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. And finally, we are on Facebook. Um, just search Beers and Bible Podcasts, all spelled out. And uh, you can find us there, connect with us, send us messages, email us, any any discussions, comments, suggestions that you'd like to um Make, like to make to to the podcast here. We we would love to hear from you and um, let us know uh, what you think. We're twenty nine episodes in, still going. Yes, we are, and we're gonna keep going yeah. until we run out of beer. I have found so many package stores. We could go forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. So, so until next week. Enjoy, uh, enjoy good cold beer. Enjoy some discussion. Read, read your Bible, mm-hmm. and uh, we will holler at you later. See ya. You enjoyed what you hear on Beers and Bible? Please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.